Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I think this this next page that I shared with you has a really good title, which is How Good Are the 538 Forecasts? <laughs> which is also subtitled Checking Our Work. Hey, I, I like that because it's like, it's such a little humble brag. <laughs> I know. I know. You know that they're not going to publish this if they're not doing well. So, <laughs> Oh, and even if they aren't doing well, I mean, they're going to, they can twist it so that you think that they're they're doing better than they are that's right it's kind of interesting that they're um actually their mlb forecasts if you dig into this a little bit deeper are their least valuable forecasts yeah and their caveats around that are (coughs) are sort of interesting the um the fact that a baseball game is pretty random yep is a little bit, it was more random than a football game or a basketball game, which I think we all intuitively know. The outcome yeah. for the season, well, I guess basketball is the best teams end up with the best records right. in basketball, more so than the other major sports. Right. But they, they, um, they actually, I mean, if you look at their pure volume sample of baseball games, they are really well correlated with yeah. with the actual results. Yeah. That's, no, they, they do look pretty good. That's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. And they and they um I like that they very rarely go out on a limb I know. above what, seventy five percent? I know. I love that. Like or below twenty five. No risk. We're not gonna do a lot of risk. Which really tells you that like every team who comes who who comes and dresses has a one in four chance of winning. Yes. Even the, the major even leagues, the Baltimore right? Orioles. Who are well above <laughs> know, that right now. I know. Yeah, they're they're just banking wins right now, so they can just go on an epic losing tear later in the season. We had a little bit of an argument yesterday, a little bit of a tiff. We did. It was funny. You came out. You came out firing to something that I thought that you in, inherently knew, which is, um, which is the debate of rounding zero point five. I yeah. You know, I had honestly never thought about it because the canonical wisdom is uh, round that to one. Right. So in in math, growing up. In math growing up, high school level math, early college level math that I did, and then you taking that uh, quite a few steps further, you round up. You round 0.5 up to 1. And I like that you he came back and said, that's just rounding, Eric. Um, <laughs> just following rounding rules. But now with um, so many different mathematical techniques, um, different... Um, 
programming language, etc. Rounding 0.5 is a bit of a um, of a question mark. And and then you went oh, in, so you went in and looked at and rounded it in Numpy, and Numpy said zero point five equals zero. Zero. Yeah, I could. I was. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was bowled over. I tried. You know, I went all the way to the limits of numerical precision, and it goes to zero. It goes to zero. Yeah. So zero point five to zero is a pretty. Um, is pretty widely spread. I'm going to say this, and so I. <laughs> I would love to have a Twitter debate on this if someone decides to say no. Um, in social sciences, I think a lot of 0.5 is rounded down in like quantitative social sciences and qualitative social sciences. All right. So here it is right now. What is official fantasy tools policy? What is, what is, what, is, <laughs> what does, if Numpy says you round down, then that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right, 0.5 now officially equals zero. This week on the pod, we are going to talk about how to identify some of the, the middle reliever candidates that we think could really contribute to a fantasy strategy. And then in the second half, we'll talk about dusting off some of our old techniques and just getting back into the scraping game. So here we go. Earlier this week, Eric asked me how we could try and identify Bastardos and Bastardos being named for the eponymous middle reliever who was known for eating innings, posting some decent ratios, getting some Ks, just generally doing everything that you would want from a starter. And having a great name. And having a great name. So instead of one game, you know, he pitches his five innings a week over five games. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And so I made a... I wanted to come up with a really quick way to numerically identify these, and it sort of led me down some of the stuff that we did last year. So, you know, I did a little bit of numerical validation here. Nice. There we go. <laughs> Started with a simple premise, uh, made a really easy cut. You know, this is sort of the first brain dead thing that, that anyone would do, I think, when confronted with this. I looked for all the guys this year, 2019, all 10 games of the season, that have no starts, <laughs> no saves, and five plus innings pitched. So I'm just looking for middle relievers. I like it. I think that's it. I, I think that's interesting. I think it's funny. Uh, you got rid of saves. Um, we can talk about that more later. But um, yeah, that really value-wise, getting rid of the people that they get saves at all. Only problem is that you get rid of Josh Hader, right? Who's that's right. really a middle, that's middle right. reliever. But no, I, th- I think you're right. Um, and we'll we'll talk about the guys that. Maybe that don't get returned here in a little bit too. Uh, this so this simple cut as of this recording right now four nine uh, returns forty guys, which was forty guys a larger number right. than I thought it was going to return. If we're being honest, that number is only going to get bigger. Well, that number is only going to swell, but I would ideally, you know, ideally I would scale the innings pitched so that it kind of keeps this, you know, this small group. But part of the mm-hmm. idea behind cutting saves was like, okay, I actually want to find guys that are probably available in your league. Right, exactly. Because, like, yeah, Josh Hader is great. Everybody knows Josh Hader is an excellent candidate for this, but he's not available in your league. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, another guy who uh, was kind of interesting is middle reliever, and right now is probably not available in your league, Anthony Swarzak. If he is available, grab him. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's some hot <laughs> you know, advice. Guys like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Late to the game. <laughs> so... 
now we've got this list of 40 guys. What can we do to try and figure out who on this list of 40 guys might actually be doing something, might actually be relevant for our purposes? So I chose something, and this is where I think we'll probably get into our real first amount of disagreement, which was I want to template the guys that we want to find off of the best closers. So mm-hmm. the guys that, you know, because we closers inherently have more value than these guys because they're getting you saves and they probably have even better ratio stats. So let's model the guys that we're looking for off of one of the best closers in baseball, if not the best closer in baseball. First debate, Edwin Diaz. I mean, he was basically the best closer <laughs> last year, so it is his pitch arsenal one, one week in the season. Here. That's right, season. That's right. His pitch arsenal hasn't changed significantly, and that's really what was important to me. So what I wanted to do now was I fired up my scraper that we'll have to fold into the the second half here that scrapes down all of the pitches that have been thrown in Statcast and associates them with with their pitchers. So for these for Edwin Diaz, I pulled down all of his pitches this year. And then I trained a PCA model, which was based on episode 2.24, if you want to hear us talk more about that in detail. Which you do. (laughs) Basically, all I was trying to do is look at what makes Edwin Diaz's pitches so good, what makes them unique, and in some higher dimensional data space, and how can we, and then look for the guys that most embody those features. Okay. I think that that's, that makes total sense because as much as the new conventional wisdom among, among stat heads is to not have your best pitcher, your closer, your best that's relief right. pitcher, your closer, that is what everybody's doing. Yeah, I know. So I know. having training on how close can we get to be Edwin Diaz in data space is exactly right. So who'd you find? So what I found is, remember, PCA tries to maximize the variance along data axes. And so I picked just two components. This was saying, okay, with with the first two components, how different can we make the pitches look? And it centers, Edwin Diaz conveniently only throws two pitches, really. He throws a four-seamer and a slider. And we want to find the space that maximizes the difference between those and tries to identify like what's unique about them. So I found, yeah, it's great. You can differentiate differentiate these really easily in data space. And so what I'm showing you sense. here, I see it. I see yeah, it. what I'm showing nice. you here, and then I color coded them by what they're what they're called for pitches. What I'm looking at here is is just component one versus component two. So the most variance versus the second most variance, and then I put dots on here to show in the left panel what pitches were hit for home runs. And in the right panel, what pitches went for strikeouts. So mm. what I was trying to do was show, like, because one of the things that we've we've studied in before for models is that, you know, home runs are killer for these guys. Like, you cannot have home runs and be a good Bastardo. Right. A starter can get away with home runs, yeah. some home runs or a home run, um, because it, so, there are so many solo shots these days. But if you're talking about you're in one inning or even a third of an inning like you can't be giving up runs at all yes my my sir anthony dominguez and rossell iglesias and tgfbi issue (laughs) (laughs) commonly known as yeah uh (laughs) 
the Rasiali Iglesias <laughs> conundrum. So this this gives us a good training set. One of the things that I like about Edwin Diaz is that you know knock on knock on all of the wood right now he has had no home runs yet this year, um, and you can see what's what's interesting about Edwin Diaz is that he strikes out guys with both of his pitches. So it's not that he just falls back to one pitch. He can strike you out with both of them. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's get to let's get to the guys that are actually identified with this. I think we've I think we've talked about the model enough here. This is good. This is good. So now we use that training data set to project all of the other guys that are identified into that same data space and see, okay, in this data space, how similar do these guys look to Edwin Diaz? So let me just run down some names and then we'll circle back to a few guys. Um, Adam Ottavino, John Brebbia, Justin Anderson, Jeffrey Springs, Liam Hendricks, Brian Shaw, John Means, Mike Mayers, J.B. Wendelkin, great name, Jalen Beeks, Josh James, Jimmy Yacobanis, is that correct? Do you know? Nope. Heath Hembry, Joe Jimenez, Jonathan Holder, which is an amazing reliever name, and Nick Vincent. Nick Vincent. I will say, I will be honest and say that I had heard of less than half the guys that I identified on this list. I know. It's one out of three <laughs> I've heard of. I mean, Adam Adovino, we've talked about before. If you're going to go for a best Ardo strategy, I mean, you should probably have Adam Adovino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Shaw, we, we've talked about right. before. Um, a little bit concerning where he is right now. Um, Josh James, we've talked about. Joe Jimenez, we've talked about. Uh, I think we actually did talk about Jimmy Yacobonis. And um, um, I think we've talked about Jalen Beeks, actually. Interest- this is an interesting list. So Who? I, yeah. I like it because it has some smell test guys on it, like the guys that you know you would want, that you want to pass this test, like Josh James, Joe Jimenez, and Adam Adovino. And then it has guys yeah. that just straight up have not heard of. Jonathan Hader and Jonathan Holder. Jonathan Holder. Good name for a reliever. Amazing That's name. That's a good name for a reliever. So I sort of organized these, and I, I put up I put up some um, plots so that we could just do do a by eye comparison between these two guys and see sort of what they're doing. Um, Jonathan Holder is the guy that I identified as the most like Edwin Diaz in data space. So he's got a good, okay. he's got a really good fastball. And then he's got um, a slider that is sufficiently different from his fastball that he mixes it in every once in a while, which is basically the name of the game for Edwin Diaz. Also no strike, also no home runs yet this year, and a comfortable number of strikeouts, although he doesn't appear to be able to strike guys out with his slider. Okay. So this is sort of the flavor of what we're doing. So I think Jonathan Holder is a good one. Um, I think a next best guess would be J.B. Wendelkin. J.B. Wendell. J.B. Let me Wendell find him in Look at this guy. Uh, you know, I think he is. Yeah, I uh, agree mostly. He's had an interesting career. He's pretty young. Uh, he only pitched 13 innings for the Athletics last year. He's up to 10 so far. So I think he's going to drastically out <laughs> outstrip his, his forever total. Um, if he stays up, I think he's a legitimate sleeper here. He's already had 10 innings pitched yeah. and 13 strikeouts. 
And there's and he's on the athletics. There's some stuff to indicate that 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 will persist. Which is if you look at his if you look at his pitch breakdown, his fastball is in the Edwin Diaz data space, like right on it. His yeah. other two pitches are unique enough, but he's also he's getting strikeouts with all three of his pitches. Keep <laughs> JB Wendell Kim. That doesn't sound like it overpowering. That doesn't sound like no. boop boop boop. <laughs> flames and everything coming in which is perfect that means he's probably going to stay in middle middle relief that that's exactly right yeah well he's not going to be the closer right they're set so they are like yeah exactly know what they're doing so in terms of us in terms of a team you know we talked about how the yankees are a good team to be a a best ardo on i think the athletics are also a good team i mean any team that has an elite closer is a good team to be a best ardo on well, I mean that that park. It's but it would be. I'd rather have Bestardos in Oakland than Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So in that case, you probably won't necessarily like John Brebbia. <laughs> but John Brebbia, mm, well, Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, John yeah, Brebbia has division two, right? Has some good has some good stuff going on too here. Um, has six innings pitched. Seven. Yet again, another another one of those guys outs. that has an Edwin Diaz style fastball and then a secondary pitch that's getting K's. Um, Justin Anderson, his fastball is not quite up to snuff. So I, any of the guys that we labeled at the beginning as smell test guys um, that we've said that we talked about before, I would I would pick those guys up. I would also throw Jonathan Holder in there, JB Wendelkin. Um, Liam Hendricks for me, slightly older guy, and John Brebbia. Those would be my top tier ones. Sometimes slightly older guys. Uh, sometimes slightly older guys make make hay all of a sudden as middle relievers. That is true. Congratulations, everyone, on making it through the first scoring period. Hope you're looking forward to the rest of the season. Here's an outtake. I'm pretty sure that it's actually a Python three that I'm the one who's behind. I think I was. I think I was on BS four. Well, I mean, I guess you know BS four sounds like a more evolved version of Beautiful Soup. You know, like in the in the parlance of naming computer programs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, simplify it. Simplify it from Beautiful Soup to BS, and uh, it's the fourth one. So BS four makes total sense. <laughs> All right, Mike. So in parallel, I decided that it was it was time that we actually put our money where our mouth is and put together a stat scraping script that might one day turn. I hope it one day turns into a site package. So put all of our scraping logic in one place, clean it up so that we're not spending. So I'm not spending extra time each 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 implementation on just tweaking um the same stat scraper yep well um and we're gonna start with fan graphs because we use the fan graphs website is great has a lot of information all in one place and we know how to scrape it so (laughs) sorry to anyone who's listening to this and being like that's why our server's getting hit so much all of a sudden on tuesday mornings that's right Late Monday nights for me, for what it's worth. <laughs> so we at least spread it yeah, out. Yeah, or late Monday nights. Same <laughs> idea. Um, we're going to add some scraping from Fantasy Pros, ESPN, and NFBC eventually because we're in an NFBC league. So stay tuned for those. Um, 
the goal, and you said this when you took a look at this, uh, the goal is really to um, create a scraper that will return a pandas data frame that's formatted for analysis. And that's where, that's where things get get a little bit tough. Am I, uh, are you going to start using data? Is this going to be the way that you start using data frames? I am begrudgingly admitting that it is time for me to fully embrace data frames and learn all of the capabilities. Nice, 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 nice data frames. Um, this is going to also make it uh, helpful for anyone who is an R user who wants to jump over to Python. Just come on over. Just <laughs> data frames here too. Um, using pandas. Um, in so I put together the stat scraper, which can grab um, four fanographs. I'm calling it scrape fangraphs leaders. You can. Uh, the variables that we have as input stats type. So either you can grab <laughs> pitchers, batter, pitching stats, batting stats, fielding stats. We haven't really taken a look at that yet. Um, you've got year as a variable with a default of 2019. You can grab different data types. So they've got, Fangraphs has so many different types. You can grab standard, their dashboard, advanced, batted balls, Win probability, pitch type, pitch value, plate discipline, value, pitch info, across the board. Pretty cool there. And then we can aggregate it. Uh, we can grab down player. We can grab it down by team. We can grab grab it by the league. It's just a league summation. <laughs> no, league summation is useful. <laughs> Could be useful. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so I did... I So as part of my validation that this was working um i put together a, a quick script a quick i put together a quick script <laughs> which did very similar to mike except for um as has been my buzzword recently it's a querying script this guy um most of the time um so i did i just took all the pictures queried out um only the pitchers that had total batters faced per innings pitched of less than five pitchers that had an um strikeout at least a strikeout per inning an era under three whip less than one and um and i additionally i added i originally didn't have the pitchers who had gotten saves removed but now they're removed gotcha so the interesting folks that I ended up with, uh, I then put together like a rank of these. I just did rank and file for each mm. one of these, and then um, and then totaled those up. Rank for each one of those stats that I mentioned: uh, total batters faced per innings pitched, strikeouts per innings pitched, ERA, WHIP, um, and wins. To add a little bit of something, something to this <laughs> numbering system. <laughs> okay. And I've got who came up? Buck Farmer, Kyle Crick, Brandon Workman, Adam Simber, Trevor Trevor Hildenberger. Oh, um, we got Adam Ottavino on here and John Brabia. So we've got about half of the players that you mentioned are in this um, list of twenty-six pitchers. 
So you you have no minimum on how many innings they've pitched. No. Okay. The and the minimum guy is two. Yeah. So we could we could add that as well. well I'm, I'm just looking for like what Ruth Buck Farmer, I'm just looking for what our differences are, right? Because I was I was looking for. I was thinking specifically. Okay, I wanted guys that have actually pitched a bunch of games that we're gonna see. Yeah, how many? What was your five innings? What was your minimum? Five yeah. innings. Okay, I've got eleven guys on this list. Who do we have? And in order, this is really gonna be weighted heavily on. That's eh, not. There's only one guy who has a win. Ty Buttry. Uh huh. Adam Adovino. Mm-hmm. John Brababia. All right. Brandon Brennan. Yep. He made my list too, my master list. Lou Trevino. Uh huh. JB Wendelkin. Yep. Nice. Javi Javi Guerra. Maybe not. Robert Stevenson. Great novelist as well. (laughs) Sam Gaviglia. Gaviglio. That's a little too Italian for (laughs) me. Tyler Kinley and Luis Sessa. Yeah, so I, you know, I obviously didn't read the full list of forty guys. Um, I had gone Absolutely. through, I had gone through an assessment of whose pitch arsenal looked the most like, um, looked the most like Edwin Diaz's. So these guys are well, on my list. This is and there was some reason maybe that again. This is sort of this is the Venn diagram. That's right of, of where things where things intersect. Um, so clearly, we're both in agreement on Adam Adovino, Wendell Ken. And Rebia. Which is kind of interesting. I, I'll you know what? I'm willing to do Luis Sessa. I won't I won't like firmly stand behind him. I think his fastball's a little little not Edwin Diaz like. Okay. But No, I would definitely of the guys that I just mentioned, um Jave Guerra and after, I don't know if I would it's, it's going to be a small sample. They're going to fall out. Javi Guerra, Robert Stevenson. We've talked about him a lot yeah. um, for who he is. Sam Gaviglio, Tyler Kinley, and Luis Sessa are probably going to fall off. Probably going to, by the time that this podcast is out, is going to, are going to have let up a home run that tells you get rid of him. All right. I think that about brings us to the review session. Eddie Rosario. Okay, I'm just going to dispassionately read his statistics, and then we'll talk about it. So his 20, 2018 to, yeah. season, only 138 games, 592 plate appearances, 24 home runs, 87 runs, 77 RBIs, 8 stolen bases, and a 288 average. That's, that's pretty much all-star territory. On a per-game basis, yeah. Yeah. So the question is, what what happens this year? Uh, he did play 151 games in 2017, so it's not that he has zero durability. Oh, they shut him down. He had a he had a ticky tacky injury. Yeah, but, I th- I'm pretty sure. And then they said, "No, you're not coming." He back. did, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean there isn't like some wonder about what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, 27 years old this year. 27 years old this year. He should be. I mean. He's not going to be a part of the next Twins title run because that's not in the next five years, but that's fine. No. Uh, so he's the left fielder. He's only had a part of a game appearance in center field so far this year. Um, 
I want. I was sitting down to watch the Saturday game. Like, yes, gonna watch the Twins play the Phillies, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't start, so that didn't. He sat. <laughs> that that was immediately like nice wrench in things. Okay, but at the end of the day, he did have one of his six you, hits, and that was a home you run. fell into my trap. Yes, <laughs> I, did. I did the same. I did, but I did the same thing. Okay, all right. Um, and then so I watched the Sunday game, and he he's a nice baseball player. Not because he has a body type that's distinctive, but he has a batting stance that I find distinctive, especially on mm-hmm. TV. Like it's just I don't know. It's kind of like why does he, like why does he sort of half crouch like that, like glower <laughs> at the pitcher? It's like a weird look, but he looks pretty good. Um. Ooh. Yeah. What What I think is interesting about him is that he he hits like every at bat is like. He's super angry, yes. super yes. like charged, really, really <laughs> trying, which is kind of fun. I also, I do agree with that. But I like it. Fielding. But I like it. Uh, his yeah. fielding is like whatever. I mean, you hide him in left field and target field. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've always been a little disappointed. I don't know what the, I can't read fielding stats for my life. Um, well, he's, I mean, but, supposedly, according to Fangraphs, he's a negative defender. Slightly negative defender. Yeah. I mean, quite negative defender I, in other years. Is it quite quite negative? That's what I can't really read. But I know from watching him, it's like, he's not going to get to that ball. <laughs> he's probably going to play that ball correctly. Well, why do you think they have Byron Buxton in center field? I know, I know. We've talked about this this before. You know, Having a plus-plus uh, guy in center field is going to um, calm a lot of things. Yeah. What... Um, Eddie Rosario, I have him. So I have some shares of him. Let me ask you this then, as an Eddie Rosario owner, all of the forecasts are between 20 and 23 home runs that are available on fan graphs. Mm-hmm. Um, our rankings like him a lot more than they probably oh. should. And not because I baked in, like, you know, plus all the twins or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah, it kind of okay. looks like it sometimes. Is he going 22 and a half over under home runs? Um, Jeez, 22 and a half. I mean, I really think that he's going to hit 20. Um, You know what? Fine, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on 22 and a half. He could get it to 25. I will say that I think think he's going to be under. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more power pop in these first few games okay actually here's but this is the thing that um sometimes players like this the guys who are 2010 players end up losing a little bit on their home runs because they're stealing more bases and i had hoped that he was going to take a step what would you do on 30 home runs plus stolen bases 30 and a half over under. Uh, well, 29 and a half over under. I, I think the number is I think the number is 30. So I would take I would take the over at 29 and a half. All right. Yeah, put that one in there. Who are we going to do this week? Let's check out Cody Bellinger. Cool. I'm excited to see Cody Bellinger um and the and the Dodge crew. Haven't watched the Dodgers Dodge game yet. This. Neither have I. 
All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.